Hi besties and welcome to the second part of my London journey living abroad two-part long podcast episode. I don't really know how to call it. Um, if you're not really sure what I'm even talking about, um, that means you don't know. You haven't listened to the first part of this um the first part of the story, which is um, already up on my um, podcast, it's already up on Spotify, basically. So um, if you kind of want to know the first part for the second one to even make sense, then just go to there and listen to the first part. And then you can have a marathon, a two episode marathon of my podcast. I really must have like a high self-esteem to think that that many people are listening to the podcast. Honestly, um, I'm not really crazy about like statistics when it comes to the podcast. Um, it, they matter much more to me when it comes to YouTube because YouTube has sort of become like a bit of a side revenue for me. So that kind of like matters for me to see how my videos are being um, received. But when it comes to podcasts, I'm 100% not making it for the money. Um, if I even had the opportunity to, which I will not have for a very long time, um, I'm guessing. But um, yeah, they don't really matter to me in the sense that I want to have more. It's just like, it's my little ego being, feeling better if more people are listening to it and more people find my stories and what I'm talking about more interesting because I guess my YouTube videos are kind of like more aesthetically pleasing and I think they're fun and short and like 10-12 minutes um, and easily digestible I would say. When it comes to podcast episodes it's much longer format and it requires um, longer attention span and for someone to actually be interested in what I have to say which is um, you know congratulations if you are because I don't know if I would be if I wasn't myself, but yeah, let's not, let's not beat ourselves down on this beautiful Tuesday. Anyways, back to um, the episode. I recorded part one yesterday and today I feel like it only makes sense for me to record the part two because if I took another week to, if it took me like another week to make part two, I feel like I would just kind of lose the um, motivation to even film that, record that. I still um, kind of confuse the two terms. Anyways, so let's go back to the story. I assume, I will assume that you've listened to the first one and you kind of will know what I'm talking about. So I left it at um, the end of like Christmas break or not really, just like me coming back to London for the second term. Um, that was a very stressful return because I really do not did not know what I was like getting myself into. The only two certain points about my return were that Bay and Dimitra are going to be back. Bay was back literally the same day as I was. And Dimitra, I think, came back two weeks after me. And honestly, I feel like I was quite lucky with that because they both were in my like close circle of friends. So like, not a lot of people came back. That's what I'm trying to say is not a lot of people came back. And I was lucky for to have a, even like the two of them come back around the same time that I did because if they didn't I'm not sure if I even like would come back at the time I obviously really wanted to come back to London I feel like I even had more much more like determination and motivation than other people like I don't know if it's about if it was about even like me wanting to be in London or just me not wanting to be at home because it just felt like I was kind of stagnated I don't I'm not sure what was the the primary reason but I just wanted to be back and live there and even if like not much was happening I still 
wanted kind of my reality and my daily um, routine to be there, if that makes sense. And so I came back and London felt so weird um, during lockdown. It was like the beginning of lockdown, like the first month in. And it literally was deserted when I stepped out of Russell Square station and walked like 10, 15 minutes to my accommodation. It was literally so surreal to see maybe two people along the way. My accommodation was deserted. My closest friend from my accommodation, um, Ola, she's also Polish, was not back. So it just felt very weird and lonely. And again, thank God that Bay lived opposite me. So for the next two weeks, I was kind of like isolating, maybe not fully because I had to do like grocery shopping. And in order not to go crazy, I like went on walks with Bay um, and masks and stuff. But like we went on like our long walks every day and that was like our greatest um, source of um, entertainment which I think this is where my walking obsession began and walking in general I feel like this was quarantines and COVID's time's biggest like um, surprise that so many people discovered that walking is fun and silly little silly little walks began like a whole thing amongst um like my age group and kind of my friends and everyone just fell in love with walking and I think it was quite good for mental health as well like I'm as I was saying like I didn't do it for health reasons I just needed to get out and to walk and to see the outside world um the one very positive thing that I found in London was the weather because it was so much warmer than back at home um, in Poland, it was literally winter till like April. And in London, we, we literally, there were like spring in February, which was weird, but this, I re really, really needed that at that time. This was also the time when I realized that like first term was a very, um, it was a great experience, but maybe I but I, but I realized that like I'm not gonna repeat that, that this is not gonna happen again because a lot of the people that I met was were not back, that a lot of kind of my friendships and close relationships were shifting and changing and I felt different about a lot of things. Um, the worst part about term two was not only like the loneliness and kind of the lockdown because I feel like I coped quite well with lockdown already, like it was kind of like an autopilot mode, but... Um, in term two, I don't really know what triggered it. Well, I kind of know because basically, here's a little story for you. One day I was bored in my room and I decided that like it's kind of the time to maybe start slowly, very slowly, like looking at internships and stuff I could do, like stuff I could apply for next summer. And as I said multiple times, I study economics, but I had no plan coming into it, like I had no clue what I wanted to do afterwards. I wasn't even sure like what the any of the jobs meant or what they entailed. I just went with my gut and intuition, which said, which which told me I like economics and I feel like I'm going to enjoy studying it, studying it. Um, and the thing is, after I started looking at the internships, it was like a whole three hour um it was me just sitting in front of my laptop for three hours. And the, the deeper I got into it, the more I realized that like a lot of the stuff were just like banking or cor corporate that like I didn't really know if were for me, but they just made me panic so much. And I got so, so, so stressed. Like I cannot even um, emphasize enough how how much I panicked, started panicking that night. Um, and the next day, literally, I woke up with this overwhelming sense of, anxiety and it lasted 
um, for the next, I would say, two months, like almost nonstop. Um, I had so much anxiety regarding my course, my future, my path, whether I will find a job, whether like I will have any employment opportunities, whether I want to do corporate, if economics is for me. I started hating my course during that term and I think I didn't truly not like it. Maybe it wasn't that interesting at that time, but I went from liking it and kind of enjoying it as much as you can enjoy (laughs) your university course with its ups and downs. But I started literally hating it. Um, I was crying a lot. I feel like I had anxiety, like panic, panic attacks. Maybe I'm getting too personal, but it basically it was one of the worst periods in my life because it was basically so unexpected and I was away from home. And this is also when I began feeling homesick. And I mentioned it in the first episode. To me, that's when I truly felt it like through my own experiences that feeling homesick is not really about um, missing home, but about feeling uncomfortable in the space that you inhabit right now. And I was so miserable at that time. And I only wanted to like go back home. Like home seemed like an oasis at that time. And I just wanted to be back with my parents to talk it over with them, to have them kind of calm me down. Because I really, I literally had no idea what to do with it. I was just trying to like live day by day and kind of, I just bought the tickets for for as early as I could. And you know, it was just, it was not a fun period, but putting that aside there, it wasn't just all misery, I would say, definitely. Um, it had its mostly downs, but it had some ups. Oh, one last thing I want to add to the story is that like, I eventually decided to stay with my course. I, when I came back, I kind of, um, felt like I finally had the space, the headspace, um, and the right, I was in the right state of mind to kind of make that decision that I want to stay in that course. And I feel like that whole, weird anxiety process made me just realize very much that I do not want to do corporate um I do not want to go into investment banking nor probably consulting like these jobs are not for me um I I would much rather go into like policy even academia or just research something something much more um holistic and something much closer to my personal interests and even if it will bring me less money I don't think I care that much and I know that's a, a privileged thing to even say that I don't care about money. And obviously that's not what I'm trying to say. I do care about it. Everyone kind of has to care about it um, in the society that we currently live in. But I'm just saying like money is not high on my like list of values. Not to like degrade anyone who, who for whom money is like important when it comes to their career. Because everyone has different priorities and they have no none is like better than the other in terms of morals and ethics it's just my personal thing just one good question i have for you um could you tell me if you would be interested in uh, like me a podcast episode devoted to topics such as minimalism and kind of how i um began hating on the consumerist and capitalist culture and my views on that and you know all of all of that shenanigans i feel like that's a very relevant topic to my life right now because I'm living in London, which is, that's another thing that I would like to say about London. And um, it kind of relates to the topic of this episode, which is, you know, partially London itself. London is a very, very high um, paced city. And a lot of the people there are so career um, centered and focused. And they're very determined, motivated and hardworking. Obviously, these are like generalizations, but they generally, I would say they apply to a lot of people. Um, 
a lot of the, the people living there just want to are really like keen on having a career right away and earning a lot of money. The whole finance sector, like the heart of the finance sector is either all on Wall Street or in the city of London. Um, a lot of huge corporations and banks and stuff. And you can definitely see that even if in uni, like the people you surround yourself with, I guess it's also because like I'm surrounding myself with people from like the top unis um in the UK. So... um you know, it's like very visible and prominent among even my like peers and people my age. So that's one thing that kind of I I really don't like about London. Like um, it really stresses me out and it's very easy to give into that pressure and stress. And I try not to every single day. I try to just live my life and be okay with the choices I make because I, I know they stem from like my values and what I aspire to be and do in life. And I... I'm like a hundred percent sure I do not want to give into that pressure, but you know it doesn't mean that this pressure does not exist or that it's you know it doesn't bother me. It did does bother me. I just try to like kind of cope with it. But yeah, if you're gonna be living in London or you just like were curious about that, um, here's here's my take on it. But um, going back to my storyline. The one positive thing, like the biggest positive thing probably that happened for me was me deciding to change accommodations. And before I stayed, like for the first term and a part of the second term, I was living in um, UCL accommodation called Campbell House East. Um, it's very central. Um, it has a great location. It's right next to like the main library and student center. But it's not a very great one. Um, I, I don't really have comparison because I I have not really been to many UCLC accommodations. I don't think I've been to any, actually. Because um, I just didn't know that many people from... Well, I've been to like three, okay, two UCL accommodations. But basically, um, my accommodation and Bay's accommodation as well, because we basically had the same one just on opposite sides of the street. It was just very rusty, crusty, dusty. Um, I didn't really have my own toilet. I'm not talking about the shower. I'm talking about like toilet, toilet. Um... It was just like a small room. The kitchen was actually quite okay because there was just like an, one another girl stay, like living there. Before in term one, there were like six people. But in term two, it was just me and another girl. Um, Taylor, I think it was her name. Doesn't really matter. But it was nice in the sense that, you know, we basically had the kitchen to ourselves. But again, like I didn't really have friends in my accommodation. I was not friends with her. I didn't have people to hang out there. When I was at my accommodation, I was just basically by myself, which was not really nice especially during lockdown because I didn't have the escape and the option of going out with my friends and stuff. Basically, after two weeks, Dimitra came back and I finally started doing more stuff, going to her. There was some people from LSE who came back, were my friends, so I, at least I had that. But anyways, back to the moving thing. Um, Bay decided to move out of Campbell House West because she was like in a similar situation, not really vibing with the people there. She made that decision, I think, before term, like before term two started. And I was just, I was sad about it, but I was, I definitely did not think I could move to another accommodation. I really liked it, but I think it was mostly because of the people in that, like in my accommodation and others um, surrounding it. But because no one came back and I was feeling so lonely and sad in that one, um, 
I decided to move. Well, it was partially because of Bay moved. I know if she wouldn't move, I didn't really, I wouldn't even had that idea because I didn't know that was a possibility. But she moved, and after two weeks of kind of seeing how she's doing there, I could see that she was like so much more happier there. That she met so many nice people, and she was basically being so much more social. And that was her like take on the accommodation. And I was just like, like fuck it, I'm just literally gonna pack my bags and move there. I applied for it and got it in like a week, and then I moved in like two, three days. Um, I wasn't sure how I'm like gonna do there, but I think, um, after, especially after I met people from base floor, I met Emma, who is like one of my closer friends in London right now, and. I, you know, I started meeting like a lot more people, people that were social, I started going to more parties and it kind of, London started feeling much more like welcoming again and, you know, I, um, I actually moved floors in my, <laughs> in garden halls, which meant that I like moved for the third time in like the past um, six months, which was kind of, you know, um, it was a lot, but I was just like, this is the last time, well, not the last time, but like, it's worth, it, it's worth the hassle because I feel like, well, it's I probably applies to everyone, but I maybe especially me, like I'm one of the people who are like more sensitive towards their environment. Like some people literally don't care what they live; they're gonna just find people who would they vibe with there, or they're just they're just gonna, you know, it's not gonna bother them that much. But like for me, my environment is like my everything in terms of like it that can really easily determine my well being. Um, if I have close people there, if I can like you know, have someone to go to, if I have stuff to do with them. On the floor that I was, like, assigned to, I lived there for, like, maybe, like, three weeks, but for the three weeks, I was just constantly hanging out with, like, base friends from her floor, and eventually they became my friends, and I think it was Emma who just suggested me, like, oh, you should, like, try moving floors and apply for it. Well, not apply, just, like, um, email them, and that's what I did. Um, <laughs> little fun fact, I had to, like, because obviously because of COVID, they weren't really, um, they didn't really allow many, like, moving around the accommodation. You couldn't just, like, ask them, like, hey, I want to move in, please move, move, like, change um, rooms or floors. But I told them that, like, I, it kind of was the truth because I told them I, like, I was kind of suffering from, like, a bit of, like, anxiety and it was, like, a hard period for me and my friends were mostly on the other floor. I just made it, like, a sound a bit more dramatic in the email. Um, but, yeah, that's... That, and they just literally agreed the next day. I was really, I was in shock, but I was very, very happy about it and I feel like these two decisions, the one to move to gardens and the one to move to the different floor, was were kind of intuitive for me like I wasn't sure if they're gonna be good decisions but they turned out to be like one of the best decisions I made in a while um they had such like a positive effect on my mental well-being and not to say they fixed my problems I still was like very anxious at that time but it was just much easier to cope with that when you had people to hang out with to distract you and to even like talk to and run to and also in that period I became just so much closer to to Bay because we were living literally door to door we were doing so many stuff together like cooking and it just kind of felt like it, she was my roommate um in that term I also met Tito who was another like one of my closer friends in London and we we lived on the same floor and yeah finally I found out how fun can be like hanging out with your flatmates um I really liked my flatmates and maybe I wasn't close with everyone but we still like we played drinking games we went out together and it was just it was just very nice it was like a nice change from what I experienced in first term when it comes to accommodation and my people there 
Um, and definitely another factor that like contributed to my better well mental well being was the sun. Like I was, I was saying, like spring has sprung in London. Um, it was just all over, and maybe it wasn't sun all time, all the time. Like um, in term three, there was much more sun, obviously, because it's summer. But in term two, we still had like a lot of sun, and every every time I would go out to the sun, I would just be so happy and enthusiastic. And like there was like I feel like one week where it was like um, the sun was like either out one day or and the next day it was just rainy and stuff, and like. It, I, it literally felt like the weather was dictating my mood, which is not great. Um, um, but if it would be cloudy all the time, I probably would be much more miserable. The sun just literally made me realize how much like nature can, like the healing power of nature and how much it can help you um, with your um, mental health. So that's where I really appreciated um, a good weather. And I think, okay, I'm going on so many tangents in this episode, but that's how it is with me, you know, either get used to it or you you don't have to listen to these episodes. Basically, for my entire life, I thought like autumn is my favorite season that like I like kind of like dark academia, reading books under a blanket, drinking my tea, coffee, and, you know, it's getting like darker earlier. So the coats and all of the like, you know, winter, summer, uh, winter, fall kind of vibe. And I still kind of like, I'm able to appreciate it for what it is, but I am a hundred percent like summer spring gal right now. Um, I just feel like I need the summer to thrive. Um, I need the sun to thrive and to function properly because in winter, I just get like the winter blues and it's just easily much more, it's more easier to be sad when it, when it's like winter and gray outside. I'm not really saying anything groundbreaking, but I'm just saying it really changed for me throughout the years. And I feel like this year it, I was just, I became so conscious of that. As I said before, um, because I was so anxious and so homesick and I just felt like I needed to kind of regain my balance and I knew that home was what I needed for that. Like home was kind of like going back to my parents was kind of necessary for that process. So I decided to go back. Um, It was kind of, you know, a pain in the ass because so many of my friends didn't come back. I had to quarantine. um, I had to do tests. Um... And, you know, it costs money to do all of that. And again, I was, I'm very privileged to be able to do that. But I knew that, like, it's, I'm not going to cope well with next term. And it's going to only go downhill if I don't come back. Um, so I did came back. Um, so I did come back even if only for, it was, I think, for two weeks. I thought I was going to stay for longer. But, you know, it's it's how it goes with me. I came back and I was very happy to be back. But quite quickly, I realized that I want to be back in London because <laughs> I knew that lockdown was literally gonna end after t- two weeks after like I would um, be back in Poland so basically I came back and I knew that in two weeks lockdown is gonna be over restaurants are gonna be open bars are gonna be open stores are gonna be open and all of that and more people have started like coming back then so I knew like London was really becoming more and more welcoming every single day um, so I stayed at home which was as I said um I was much, much more calmer than in f- the first time I came back. I started appreciating it much more, like both my family and my home city for what it is. And for, as I said in the first episode, first part of it, like for how slow life can be here and how easier, how much easier for me here is to like relax, not feel the FOMO and all of that. I really am grateful for that to have like those two kind of spaces and be able to like, how is it called? Fluctuate between the two. 
whenever I kind of whenever I want to maybe it's less flexible with COVID and all but still I'm kind of like you know I'm able to just buy the ticket and go there um so I came back for term three and around the time I came back as I said lockdown ended and it was just like a whole nother world let me tell you like I came back I met Doa and Anna who were like another two girls who kind of formed our group of six girls which I mentioned like we wanted to live together and stuff so I met them and I we kind of instantly clicked all of us it was just so much fun and I instantly knew again like I made the right decision I feel like I'm saying that quite a lot but um as soon as I start kind of trusting my intuition with my life choices I feel like it's much more easier for me to you know I I keep making right decisions and I keep reflecting back upon them and be happy that I made this one so I feel like that kind of taught me to kind of trust my gut a bit more obviously term three was not just like fun because we had exams but we didn't have any classes basically um and I feel like um I much more enjoyed the exam period obviously it also like depends on what I was doing during that time so like it depended on like my mood during the term like you know what I mean? Um, in term one and two, when classes were happening, um, it was kind of much more stressful. I feel like exams should be more stressful because that's where we actually have to like apply the knowledge and cram and you know do all of that. But I had I did that at my own pace, kind of. I was not like sticking to a fixed schedule of like the classes, the hours, the lectures. I could literally do everything at my own pace and you know organize my work in the way that I wanted to. Um, so I started studying with friends, going to the study rooms in my accommodation. And because I was studying with other people, it was just so much more fun. I feel like in term one and two, studying in uni was such like a solitary experience for me. I would study in either in my room or in the library, but by myself. Because you couldn't really sit with other people. But in the study rooms, I was able to just go there every day, get coffee from Pret and just go study with Bay or my other friends. I also like met friends from my course I met this one guy named Ivan we started like working on our assignment together and then I kind of met his friends and you know it was just so much so nice to like meet people from my course who specifically knew like the teachers and like every little kind of detail about my course and they were on like the same um journey even though they a lot of them just as I said a lot of times they have probably like different aspirations and goals in life when it comes to career but um it's still, these are obviously nice people and, um, you know, it's a kind of different connection you have with those people rather than with people who don't study your course because you don't really understand that part of their life. Like you can try to understand it, but you're not really living through it. Um, and yeah, that's hence also like why I'm excited to meet more and more people from my course next year. That's like one of the things I'm looking most towards. During like my exam prep, there was like a lot of more, like much more studying than like hanging out with other people. But I was basically either studying, as I said, or just like going to museums, parks, picnics, um, bars, restaurants, hang out with people at their accommodations, parties, like all of that kind of first term enthusiasm and fun came back maybe in a different way with different people but I still was able to enjoy it and kind of adjust to the change again I became closer with other people I drifted apart from some other friends which again is like always kind of a bit sad but you know like that's how life goes and I guess some friends are for a season some are for a reason and some are for a lifetime I think I heard someone say that once and um it's a cheesy quote but I agree with it I definitely agree with it all of that, for some reason, all of the anxiety I was feeling in term one, in term two, maybe not all of it, but like 80% of it, like this literally disappeared. 
I feel like being back home really made me like regain my balance. So I was again very grateful for that. Um, fortunately, my exams didn't last for that long, um, especially like they ended really early in comparison to other people. Um, I finished my exams like first two weeks of May. I was completely done. I think it was like, okay, it was like half of May. It was like 14th of May. But a lot of my friends finished like two weeks later, three, four weeks later. I would say that like the month after my exams. So, you know, my exams finished on the 14th and I left London like 23rd of June. So I basically had like a month and a week of no school and no studying. And it was such a fun period. Like I literally did not have that much fun in like a while. I was just thriving. I was hanging out with my friends, enjoying the sun and the like summer weather. I was I was finally able to like focus more on like my podcast, my YouTube, kind of develop my passions. I was running a bit much like more. I was working out, trying like all the places and restaurants I wanted to try going to like Notting Hill and um and Greenwich, like, you know, I was just able to explore London much more than during term time. And I'm, again, very grateful for that opportunity because I feel like um, it, it really made me um, feel much more comfortable in London. And I kind of started to feel like a local there, basically. I know I'm not like, I was literally living there for like six, seven months. But, you know, I feel like it's a long period of time, like long enough to be able to kind of call yourself that or call, or call it your home. But eventually, like around June, I, you know, again, it was like very exciting, but very tiring at the same time. And very, you know, it drained a lot of your, it required a lot of your energy and required me to be like extroverted. Maybe it didn't require me, but I, you know, as I said in the first episode, I am much more extroverted in London. And I feel like that takes away kind of like a portion of my energy every single day, even though it's like my decision completely. But I was kind of looking for a getaway from that. And it's not not to mean that I wanted to come back home. Um, but I wanted to kind of be away from London for a bit. And that's why I went to like, I did some trips. Finally, I was able to do that. I went to Edinburgh, Bristol and Brighton. And every time I went away, I was just kind of glad that I could be away from London for a bit because you know everyone needs a getaway when you live in like a big city and you know you have parks there but you don't really have like full-on nature um and you kind of are living like the big city life all the time there's no other like way and being in Brighton or Bristol or even Edinburgh which still is like a big city but it's just so much different and it's hard to find a city that's like faster than London and that moves quicker than London so, you know, and every time also, like I came back to London. So even if it was just like a two day trip, because I didn't really have like a long trip. I Bristol was one day, Brighton was two days and Edinburgh was like four days. And every time I came back to London, I felt like I gained a new appreciation for the city. Like I was, you know, it was just like this feeling when I stepped out of King's Cross station and I was just like glad to be all kind of home. And that's what it felt like. I felt like I was going home and... um you know, it's a very, like, comforting, comforting feeling to have, um, because I know that, like, London is gonna be the place where I'm gonna be living for, like, the next couple of years, for sure, like, I'm not only uni, but I probably will end up working there, uh, like, that would be my educated guess, but, you know, never say never, I'm not really sure, um, and yeah, that's kind of how my term three ended, um, as I said, I moved flats, and I left London, almost a week ago I would like to say so now I'm back at home and I'm just like as I said 
chilling, enjoying life, reading and trying not to think about next year stress and internship applications and all of that shit that I do not want to deal with at all. But, you know, um, let's live in the present. I'm not trying to um, I'm not trying to live in the future and just I'm, I don't want to think about it too much. So I'm just trying to occupy myself with stuff in the present moment. So I think that's that for like the storytelling part of this episode and all the tangents I went on to. Um, now the last part of this episode and kind of this whole two-part story is kind of what I learned and what I learned about life and myself in that period of time. It's going to be a lot of like my just like reflections upon it because boy did I journal and reflect and think about like this whole change that happened in my life. You know like Obviously, like, as I was living my whole life in Poland, I was always, like, a reflective person, but not that much was changing and happening in my life, so I was, a lot of time I was just, like, in my head, and because I had to be so present in London, and whilst living there, I feel like I was just experiencing different, different things and had a lot of reflections and thoughts that I didn't before, so basically, let's, I'm just gonna move straight into it, um, a lot of the lessons were about people and social life and kind of my, not position in the social life, but kind of like my approach to making friends and being social and parties and all of that. So the biggest outtake would be that I have to be proactive when it comes to friendship and there's nothing wrong in being the first one to offer things. And as I said, I'm a very intuitive person and I kind of feel like whenever I meet someone, it's just like kind of instant for me to kind of like know if that person has the potential of becoming my close friend or like maybe not this right away because it's a big thing to say but it's just like I instantly know if I kind of want to get to know the person more or if I'm like don't feel like this kind of connection or vibe with them so for example when I met Bay, like the first time we kind of decided to hang out together it was so random that we did but kind of some something just decided that we will for some reason I think she replied to like one of my insta stories and then I was just bored in my room and I was like maybe I'll go out with her so I we went like a long walk to regions and we told <laughs> each other like our life stories and you know I just knew this girl is someone and like she's gonna become like a person in my life and it was, you know, as I'm saying, like, it's just very instant for me to kind of know if that person, if a person I meet is my kind of person. And same with Dimitra. It was so weird for me because I literally met her like three times on the street in front of my accommodation where we like would hang out with other people from like LSE, UCL accommodations and just like drink and talk and smoke and all of that. And so I literally did not talk to Dimitra that much. Maybe, I, maybe I like talked to her for five minutes and we followed each other on Instagram and just one day I was like, why the hell not? So I asked her out for coffee. And again, it was just so instant for me. After the first meeting, we overshared so much and I just knew like I would like to hang out with her more. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like, it's kind, it kind of taught me that like when it comes to friendships, it you are in control of kind of your social life and it's not only you waiting for someone to kind of get you out of your comfort zone and offer you a meeting obviously people will and take the opportunity as often as you can because you know they may have like the the same gut feeling about you as you did about someone else um so but again like offering to for someone to hang out doesn't mean you're like you know you don't have friends or you're like kind of obsessed with them you know it's just like I know a lot of people have those constraints in mind that, you know, kind of like is a bit awkward to be the person to ask, especially if you don't know these people. But I feel like living in London and 
all of us being thrown into this like new environment and none of us really having any close friends from the beginning is a bit it's very intimidating and all of us want to make friends so just like keep that in mind it like became so easy for me to overcome like shyness and like bits of awkwardness because I just I just knew that like I have to be proactive or I'm not really gonna feel at home here because I'm not gonna have any friends talk to as many people as you can because even even if like some people you know you won't become close to like you still you can still learn so much from them and I think a part of the like a huge advantage of living in like a such a multicultural and huge city as London is like learning so much about other people's habits, cultures, their plans for the future, their life philosophies, their habits, traditions, like all of that. Like there's, you really understand, you really start to grasp that like kind of your way of life is just one of so many. I felt like I was different living in Białystok and my, my home city, like that I was different from the people here. But boy oh boy did I learn that this isn't there was it was not really true I mean I was different but in London there were just so many different people with like you you know like on every single level they were different from each other you could find people from every end of the spectrum so um that really taught me to be much more like understand not yeah understanding one for one because all of them had like different pasts and different things shaped them in life so I was much more understanding I became much more of like a listener I mean I was trying to every single day to just like actively listen to what they have to say and their stories and I always considered myself a tolerant person but really being there just really made me um, appreciate the like versatility or like how versatile people can be and like the whole like variety of people I don't know how to really explain that but I think you kind of can like can you I feel like you can like guess what I mean by that oh non-judgmental that's what I wanted to say like I didn't really I was really working on and I still working on being much less judgmental because I finally understand but because I learned that people can be like so different and come from such different backgrounds and you're not really in the position to judge any of them a huge part of living in London was my self-confidence journey I feel like self-love, self-confidence, maybe not self-love, self-love is a different topic, but okay, I don't know how it's gonna like come off as maybe a bit egoistic, maybe a bit um, egoistic or selfish or like I'm just flexing or whatever, but I feel like people in London appreciated me more for like who I was than they did in my home city. Um, I just kind of got the feeling at certain points that people really like me there, that like they kind of knew who I was and I was making it sort of like an impression, a good impression on people. And the fact that I was doing all of that whilst being like almost 100% myself, I don't know if you can ever be 100% yourself, like amongst people. Um, but still, I was just not putting any filter or mask on and they were still kind of like liking me. I was still making genuine close friends that I could relate to and who I had the support of. And that was just... That just gave that was just like an external boost of confidence. Obviously, confidence that relies only on like external validation is not really um, doesn't really have like solid foundations and can crumble quite easily. But I feel like I always had like this inner confidence. Like I knew, like I had a lot of like self confidence in terms of I knew I was a cool person. Like I always kind of maybe not always obviously like but over the last like since quarantine happened, all of that time I had to reflect and 
kind of like live my life the way I wanted to, I kind of gained some self-confidence and I started liking myself much more and I knew I had the potential and I still think I have the potential of being like the kind of person I want to be. And, you know, every day I just try to make like decisions that are going to be um, like bring me closer to that kind of version of myself. But because I received this external validation from people around me, it was just, it was just like a relief because I finally didn't, have to stress out about like will people like me ever because for a big part of my life I thought like I'm just not very likable I, I that's what I thought genuinely like even though I liked myself I thought that I'm not really liked by other people not to say I didn't have friends or felt like nobody liked me or nobody loved me but you know it was just like a different extent of that now on the topic of friends and again like social life um a bit of a different approach to that I would just like to briefly discuss like how I now feel about the comparison between friends from uni and from London versus friends at home. So as I said like in the first episode, like it was very difficult to not live in the present when you were when I was in London, like I was just constantly doing something there and I was spending less time on my phone and not that much time I could devote much less time and I did devote much less time to kind of communicating um, with my friends. I was texting them. I was, you know, some more, some less. I was trying to kind of FaceTime their, them kind of like semi, um, how is it called? Regularly. I think I FaceTimed them maybe like two, three times over that period of time, which like first term and second term, maybe like once or twice, same in the third term, like firstly I would like to disclaim I'm not a big time on like I'm not big on phone calls and FaceTime I'm much like much rather talk in person I I, ha- I just hate zooms and all of that shenanigans like I just don't really like it I thought I was a good texter but turns out I'm not a good texter at, at all like it takes me days to reply if it's not urgent um I just I just don't like communication over phone because there's so many like misunderstandings and I hate fighting fighting over text is literally the worst shit ever um you know we just it's just like again not not at all the same as like hanging out with someone in real life so I was kind of that was like one part of me kind of not keeping that much in touch with people um from like friends from back home um this is not to say that I you know stopped liking them or drifted apart maybe you know we drifted apart in the sense that whilst I was living my life there and they were living their life here it whenever we would call each other, we would just like kind of brief our lives to each other. We would just talk about what happened and who people we met and our experiences. But what's different when you actually, what's different about friends who like live in the same place as you do. So my friends from London at that time when I was living in London was that those friends knew exactly my circumstances and they knew the people I was talking about in real life. And they had their own opinions on all of that was happening. And they were like kind of I was living my life with them and not just briefing my life to them the the biggest difference between people from like uni and people from back home is people from back home know like your circumstances and your past much more and they kind of know your journey and you often go along like you go a long way with them often and in a sense you could trust that friendship a lot more at the beginning especially because as it as intense as those friendships from like in the new city can feel um friends from back home you know that they have your back kind of and that you're not gonna just kind of fall apart over like stupid arguments or 
misunderstandings. But again, it's kind of hard to not drift apart of them, drift apart from them in that kind of sense. Um, but again, like whenever I will come back home, like for Christmas, Easter, or even now, like you just eventually reuni- reunite with them. You meet with them. You talk things over you again you like kind of brief your life to them but then you after a while you again you kind of start living your life with them even for like a short period of time but I'm just trying to say what I'm trying to say is just that like these are these definitely are two different types of friendships but maybe not in a bad way maybe it's just it's just good to have that versatility again um and when it comes to friends from London I feel like these friendships are much more intense and I already like briefly touched upon it in the first part of this like the friends you make there you become closer close with them very very quickly it's it's much more easy and natural I think because you're kind of both you're kind of left there alone without your parents and away from home and you have like very similar circumstances to them so you kind of can understand each other and relate to one another on a different level but the these friends know the present you much more they know the real version not the real version they know the version of you like the most recent one I would say and that's again that that's um, comforting in a different way and it's kind of you can start this friendship from like a different point than the ones sometimes you just my biggest reflection was just like sometimes I wish like I like the fact that some of my friends who I met in London just don't know everything about me and don't know some of the things that I did or happened to me like I know that may sound like I don't want them like I'm hiding something from them but it's just like I don't need everyone, I don't need for everyone to my life to know everything about me, if that makes sense. I feel like that's kind of like an obvious thing. Another fun thing that happened to me in London was that like I was able to finally grow my YouTube. Um, I don't think I've ever talked about this, but like I was doing YouTube more or less regularly with like bigger breaks. But like since, I don't know, 2016, um, I even had like YouTube channels that I had like a couple of videos on back in like 2014. Um, I had like a DIY kind of lifestyle challenge where I would like a room tour or a DIY. Then I had like my booktube channel, which fun fact, like the channel I have now, it's still like the same account that I started my booktube channel in on. In case you don't know what a booktube is, it's like just a part of YouTube um, where people just have channels devoted to books and reading. Um, they do like reviews, book hauls, etc. All of that. Like I still like BookTube. Okay, maybe I don't really watch it that much now. Um, but I was obsessed with it at that time. And for like three years, I feel like I had a BookTube channel. Um, and I gained quite like a big audience, like relatively, because I think I gained like five k there. Um, if, you know, it was like for Polish standards, because I my channel was in Polish originally. Then I kind of stopped doing those videos. I focused much more on like vlogs, travel vlogs, study vlogs, but I still like posted them maybe like once in like two or three months. I wasn't really regular with it. Like I wasn't regular with it at all. Then during quarantine, I became like a bit more regular. I switched to English and I had a very small audience, but I was still like, I was just doing my thing and it was always like a thing I enjoyed, like filming and editing. And then... I filmed like a move-in vlog in London and the next two videos were like um, a week in my life in London and the one after that was a day in my life as an econ student and boy oh boy did these three videos especially the two like the weekly vlog and the day in my life as an econ student they literally blew up like maybe they weren't viral like millions of views but the 
week in my life has like almost 100k which is crazy even as I'm saying that and the other one has like 60k I think and these really made me gain the audience that like I have now and I guess you kind of probably a lot of you kind of know what I'm talking about because maybe you came from those videos um and yeah I obviously it was London I'm I feel like the magic ingredient to all of that was London but it really allowed me to firstly I yeah like YouTube became like a priority for me because I finally knew that what I was making like it wasn't just like my personal passions but like people were actually appreciating it and I you know filming Obviously, I still film, like, my, the reason I film YouTube videos is, it stems from passion, but the motivation and kind of the, mm, kind of the guiding power, um, the motivating power to all of that is, like, the audience and the receipt of of your videos, that's why, like, comments mean so much to me, that's why, like, I kind of care about, like, gaining new subscribers and all that, I just, it's just very motivating to know that, like, people, new people like to are coming to your channel they're discovering your channel and they're like deciding to stick with you and they like regularly start to like watch your youtube videos and all of that and i would attribute that kind of success well i guess small scale success but for my but for my personal like needs i th- i think it still was like a big success for me um i was very proud and i still am proud of what i'm doing um with it because i just try to keep my youtube channel as genuine and interesting and close to like what i care about but again, another another tangent. Um, but yeah, I think London was what allowed me to do that. And like London made me realize that this passion of mine has some sense and merit to it. Um, so that's a lesson I learned in London, definitely. One of the things I would say to like kind of start summing up what I said, because I've been going on for like an hour right now. Um, I When it comes to how I changed in London, I... I did change but the way I like to think about it right now is that one I learned lots about myself and second I have grown I have actually grown into the person that I always wanted to be or like maybe not the final version because there's never like a final version of me I'm like constantly developing and learning new stuff but I've grown so much closer I took a huge step towards the kind of person I want to be in the future and the kind of person I aspire to be and that is probably why I that's like a kind of like a part of my like self-confidence again like being yourself how cheesy however like cringy and cheesy that may sound being yourself and kind of feeling comfortable with that is a huge part of um, self-love and acceptance and kind of living your life like a more like peaceful way and in alignment with your values and what matters to you it was very hard for me to get used to the fact that I was living in London and I was constantly amazed by like how fun my life is and how much I love it there. Um, It's just something that like I didn't really have that many things to complain about and I was and still am kind of living in that bliss. Um, And I know like when I'm talking about all of that I feel like it's not only like privilege but also it may be like it may sound really like obnoxious and I kind of feel bad for even saying that I'm just having so much fun without guilt but I think it's it's kind of toxic because I think that's what I kind of have programmed myself to that like I kind of it's easier for me to praise suffering and sadness and pain and like mental struggles than like joy and excitement and loving life 
Um, but, you know, I'm trying to kind of reprogram that and rewire my brain to kind of have that different approach to life. Um, anyways, I was like very very happy about like how my life looked at that point and a lot of the time I would like think the same thought that like if my younger self the one who so desperately wanted to study abroad and live in like a big city and meet new people from different cultures if that version of me could have like a peek into my future and like watch one of my vlogs or just like see how my life looks right now she would probably be be so happy proud and in shock and I'm just everything I ever wanted to be in like a way and oh my god I'm cringing so much out like what I'm saying but I truly believe that um and yeah I feel like that's that's all I wanted to say um right now again like I'm back at home and when it comes to my like next year in uni I'm very excited but also like slightly nervous about that term um not term year about year two because again a lot of changes coming like I'm gonna have a university in person hopefully Um, it's gonna be probably harder when it comes to school but I'm also gonna have like much more choice when it comes to my learning and like the modules I'm gonna take I'm gonna try to apply for internships and hopefully get one we'll see and I I literally don't want to think about it it makes me feel sick and stressed Um, I'll probably have less free time and less time for social life but again I'll come back to like a home and friends which is which is such like a nice thought to have and one to end this episode on so I know I know a lot a lot of you probably watch me um because you either are interested in that subject or maybe you actually want to live there or are living in London. I know that a lot of you kind of like maybe aspire to have that life too. I know like when I was younger, I would literally praise YouTubers who lived in London and watch so much of that those like vlogs, uni vlogs, um London vlogs, all of that. If you have the chance to, I cannot recommend enough like trying it. Um Obviously, you have to kind of like evaluate if like you have the means to. And second of all, if you, if your personality, if you feel like you are strong enough to do that, because I feel like you definitely need to be and like independent enough to do that and like courageous in a way. Um, Not to say that I'm like all of that, but actually I am. I am because like I cope with that well, but I would say like it's not for everyone, but I think a lot of people just don't make that decision not because they cannot do it but because they are afraid to but just try it even if you don't want to like study abroad and make like go to uni abroad and have that full experience um away from your home country maybe try like a term abroad maybe like this episode will like motivate you or inspire you to do that but it's just living in a different place as much as you're still you you still you're still you and you're still the same person your circumstances can define your um, present life so much and they don't they don't define it necessarily but then they have like a huge huge influence on that okay I feel like I've said everything I wanted to say and much more than I planned to uh, literally the script I wrote for this episode like the plan had a thousand and eight hundred words guys I don't know if you get it like my extended essay the biggest essay I had to write ever in my life was 4,000 words it's literally almost a half of that just me talking about my experiences and my journey um I really really hope it was not boring and that you took away something from it or just like learned stuff about me if you were interested in that um again let me know if you have any ideas for future episodes or if you have any feedback or reflections of what I said um maybe you want to like relate to that maybe related to that or you just like want to say something from you then I don't know send me a voiceover um post something on Instagram tell me dm me at heartfeltpod and yeah that's 
that is finally everything. I promise you, this is these are my last words. Um, have a good day, XOXO, um, Veronica. Bye bye.